Welcome to the Beauty and Battle podcast, where we talk about winning in marriage by waging a war. I'm Jason Benham. I've got my girlfriend slash wife, Tori Benham, with me, and we are here to talk to you about how Satan tries to get you to fight face-to-face with your spouse, but God designed you to fight shoulder-to-shoulder against Satan so that you can win in your marriage. Fighting together draws you together. We cannot wait to jump in. So here we go. So today we're talking about dealing with a scrolling spouse. Okay. How about that? The question is, does your spouse spend a lot of time scrolling on their smartphone at times when you would rather your spouse be talking to you or doing something more productive? Mm-hmm. Because mindless scrolling is a problem for millions. And honestly, as I've been researching this, it's um, it's becoming a leading uh, obstacle to intimacy. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It, I mean, the phone is just such a distraction. You know why? You know why I think that it, it's it's becoming a, a, such a big obstacle, one of the leading obstacles to intimacy, because it violates the law of priority. Yeah, you know, such a good point. Mm-hmm. Our number one asset is our time. Right. So if I'm taking my time and I'm spending it doing something, you know, mindlessly scrolling through my phone when I could be talking to you, when I could be doing something for the kids, mm-hmm. when I could be helping around the house, when I could be doing something for my job or whatever, then it 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 shows you that you're not the priority, mm. right? Right. As a spouse. Yeah. Now, it's not always the case, and, and we're going to leave you guys with five keys for what you can do, five little tips on what we think you can do to help a scrolling spouse and to help you from becoming the scrolling spouse. You know, I've, I've been telling my kids that scrolling, you know, unless there's something specific that you're looking for mm-hmm. and, and there's a time frame to it, you know, mindless scrolling is a child's game. It's what kids do. Yeah. So why as adults do we want to do what kids do? Right. Mm-hmm. Otherwise we end up becoming like kids. Right. And it breaks our marriages apart. Anyway, that's a long lead in for the fact that I, we got a great song for you. We you, do. You want to tell them the song? You don't even know the song. <laughs> you're, you're, it's your job to get the song today, so today I don't we, even know where you're going. Tori gave me the task of coming up with a song, and so I decided to, to pick one of Tori's and my favorites um, from way back when. When we first started dating, I made a tape for her. Mm, mm-hmm. So we got anybody over the age of 40, they know what this was like whenever you get a song. Cassette tape. Yeah, cassette tape. So either you had to put it put the tape in and wait for a song to play on the radio and then press record and play at the same time and it would record it off the radio or you were fortunate enough to have one of those cassette players that had two yes, tape players yep. and so you could play a tape on one like your friend got the the new Garth Brooks tape yeah. or whatever and you're like oh let me have it I'm going to dub it yes yeah <laughs> and then you press record on the next one so that, i made that Tori. tape must have taken you a long time to do it did That was really sweet. This was one of my favorite songs on that tape, and it is called I Love the Way You Love Me by John Michael Montgomery. Oh, I love that one. 90s country love songs are the Mm -hmm. best. Listen to this. Sound of your sweet gentle kiss, the way that you feel 
Isn't that so good? It is good. Uh, I think we should have done a, a better spot, but that's okay. No, that was, was, a, that was a lot of music. It was. In. But listen but to go this listen part. to it. It's so good, guys. But listen to this part. <laughs> and this is Tori's part right here. <laughs> that is definitely me. Yes. And but you know what? We actually did this next part. This is kind of cheesy. I want to play it again. Now listen to this part. Tori and I did this. Uh, that's where you got the idea. Is this song? See, isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. I love the way you love me. So that was the 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 that was a, obviously I don't know what you call it, the verse. The chorus was coming up. Love the way you love me. But anyway, one of our faves. You guys listen to it. Dance with your spouse. Have fun. I love it. Good, um, good choice, babe. So let's go back into dealing with a scrolling spouse. Obviously, we're talking about distraction addiction. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about that in just a second. But when when our when one spouse decides to scroll while the other is wanting to talk or needing some help or something, mm-hmm. then it is 100% a violation of the law of priority. The law of priority in a relationship is your spouse needs to feel the number one priority. Mm-hmm. So when you choose to scroll, um, and obviously you can choose to do a lot of different things, but today we're focusing on the distraction of social media. So when you choose to scroll, what it does is it subconsciously is received by the non-scrolling spouse that they are a lack of priority in that moment. Mm. So subconsciously you're damaging your relationship because you're telling your spouse that they're not as important to you. Now I know that's not what you're thinking. I know you're just like, I just got to look for this. I got to find this thing or I got to look at this thing or, Oh crap. Did you see this video? It's hilarious. Then you look at the next one, then the next one, then the next one, 45 minutes goes by and you could have done something a little more productive. Right now, again, I'm not saying that you can't ever do this, but we'll talk about that when we get to our keys at the end. So let me give you a couple um, facts before we jump into some keys, because this is an issue. I think if you're listening to this, you know that this is an issue with most couples where one of them is more of a scroller than the other, or both of them are scrollers. The next thing you know, there's not a whole lot of talking going on. Yeah. Okay. So let me give you, let me give you some facts. Here's, here's a fact. Okay. Number one, you can multitask. Did you know that you can multitask? Everybody can multitask, but here's what you can't do. You can't multi-concentrate. Hmm. So yeah. you can multitask, but you can't multi-concentrate. So I'll give you an example. Driving down the road, talking on the phone. Are you doing two things at once? Yes. Yes. But you can really only concentrate on one. Okay. Now, the reason why you can drive and talk is because driving has become subconscious. Yeah, right. You can do it without consciously thinking of it. Right. Okay. So you have to make sure that you understand you can't really, you, nobody can multi-concentrate. Right. But you can multitask. So the thing with scrolling is that takes away your concentration. So anytime you're scrolling, that's what gets your concentration. Mm. Okay. So then your spouse will feel multitasked and that's not a good place. Okay. Number two, distraction addiction is a real thing. Mm. So I looked this up from people who are smarter than me. Okay. And there's this professor, her name is Shalini George. She came out with this book about distraction addiction. And she says this, once your brain is used to on-demand distraction, that becomes a powerful addiction, which impacts your brain's ability to concentrate when you want it to. Interesting. So you you find yourself now wanting to concentrate, but you can't because you're so You have to go to the next thing. Yeah. You got to just move from one thing to the next. Mm. 
So it, it totally takes away your ability to concentrate when you're addicted to a distraction. She goes on and she says, frequent task switching brain, frequent task switching trains your brain to constantly want novelty and weakens the mental muscle responsible for organizing the many sources vying for your attention. She says, how desperate are we for distraction? Well, she describes a science magazine study in which participants were required to sit alone for 15 minutes with no cell phone, reading material, or music. Okay? Okay. 15 minutes. Afterwards, most of the subjects reported that they found it difficult to concentrate and that they did not enjoy it. Hmm. The researchers asked the participants to do it again, only this time they gave the volunteers the added option of occasionally giving themselves a very mild electric jolt. Deprived of technology, two-thirds of the men and one-quarter of the women, which means the men were more distracted, addicted than the women, Okay. two-thirds of the men and one-quarter of the women shocked themselves at least once. Mm-hmm. And so what they derived from that was that our brains crave novelty and distraction. Mm. And it doesn't matter what the distraction is. It just so happens to where phones are there in our hands and it's real easy. Mm. But distraction does not bode well for the optimal brain performance you need to connect deeply with your spouse. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's very interesting. Wow. Distraction addiction is a very real thing. And we have got to be careful with that. And and I I like to say to people, if you're just aware that you are... Mm -hmm borderline distracted addiction or you find yourself liking it or whatever that in and of itself can stop it right most people yeah, would say right, oh it's not a big deal right because if your habit is to just keep doing it keep doing it you're reinforcing that behavior you're yeah. like that that totally makes sense to me especially from what we've learned with neuroscience that the more thoughts that you think the better established those those yes. uh, grooves in your mind become yeah. so if you're just constantly in, in that habit of doing it then you're just reinforcing those grooves yeah which are like oh no i need something i need to go back to this i need to 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 Mm -hmm. think back to something i need to change my thoughts i gotta move on to a a new thought because this one is overwhelming me yeah super interesting it's called neuroplasticity Hmm. so you can retrain your brain and we'll we'll go over some keys here in just a second but let me give you one more little fact before we jump into our keys to kind of help the couples where one or both are addicted to scrolling um Here's another fact. You got to learn to be okay with curiosity. Yes. Wow. To sit in curiosity Mm -hmm. and not have it quenched. Okay. So I'm going to go back to the eighties. Here I am. I'm in 1985. I'm 10 years old. Um, I don't know when ET came out. I'm just going to round about ET. It comes out and it's man, it is a blockbuster. It's the biggest movie ever. Okay. Walk out of that movie and it was just, that's all the ET I get. Right. I can't get any more facts on it. I can't mm-hmm. get behind the scenes. I can't see the box office mojo and figure out what it made in the box office. I can't look and see where Steven Spielberg lives, what his other movies were. I can't see any of that. How much money it's I making. can't see what his yeah. net worth yeah. is. Mm-hmm. You know? But now I walk out of a movie or whatever. You know, Just the other day, I was watching the Conor McGregor um, documentary on Netflix. Yeah. And just ask Tori. I was just asking Siri everything. Conor McGregor net worth, mm-hmm. Conor McGregor fight record. When yeah. will Conor McGregor fight again? Mm-hmm. And it's all this curiosity that was spurred in me because mm-hmm. I'm watching this thing. And my phone was just, boom, just answering it, just answering it. Mm-hmm. And then I, I I realized that I was doing it. I'm like mm-hmm. three questions in and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm sitting here with Tori 
we're both watching this thing. And now I'm no, no longer really mentally with Tori. I'm just sitting here asking questions to Siri and I'm going down this rabbit hole of curiosity. Anyways, some things like that are pretty, you know, they're innocent. Right. You can do it. But if it becomes a habit mm. to where the next thing you know, you're just allowing your curiosity to just completely take over and you're researching everything and you're looking stuff up and you're really no smarter or further along in your life at the end of that 30 minute, you know, cure the curiosity, you know, trek yeah. that you went on than you were before. So the key is at some point, just be okay with being curious, you know, like, yeah, is it okay that I just wonder what that dude's mm -hmm. net worth is, but I don't have to go figure it out. Yeah. Be okay with that. That's good. Even watching Conor McGregor, guy, you guys got to watch the Conor McGregor. Did you like it, Tor? I did. It's very interesting. His mindset is is so interesting to me. That's where I was going. Was his mindset? Mm -hmm. You know, it's a four part series. You got to see it. I mean, he's obviously he's got a you know loud mouth and he needs Jesus and all this stuff, but he really is a men a mental giant. Mm -hmm. Like he really knows how to train his brain. And he got into fighting because he said that he noticed when he got in front of people that he started feeling nervous when he was a kid. Mm -hmm. And he said he didn't want that feeling. He said he, he felt it and he thought about it. And he's like, I don't want this feeling. And he said, so he got into fighting because when he would go in to you know, have to fight somebody and have to box somebody, he said he started having those feelings again. He said, so I learned how to get comfortable with those feelings. And then I got addicted to overcoming those feelings of nervousness and all that stuff. And I'm like, dude, this dude really he's, knows how I to mean, think. I mean, he's a fighter to the very core. Like, you know, our response is fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. It's like on every level, there's something inside of him that's driving him to fight. So it's like, this doesn't feel good. Well, I'm going to fight through it. Yeah. This isn't this, you know, something isn't right here. I'm going to fight for the, for the right the right result. You yeah. know, it's this constant fight. He does not run from his problems. He's just constantly fighting through them, which, and then you see the success of his career because yeah. of that mentality. But he, do, he does show you that you can change your brain. Yeah. You literally can change it. He changed his thoughts to where his emotions followed him. And now he really likes being in that position to where you feel that little, you know, anxious moment of nervousness mm -hmm. before a fight and all that. He said he, he, he got comfortable with it. So if he can do that mm. with, with nervousness, we can do that with our distraction addiction. So what do we do? I, I wrote down um, five things. And this is all about creating a system like rules for a relationship when it comes to distraction addiction. You know, in, in your relationship, in any business, if we're going to use business as an example, if a business is going to be successful, the business has to be systems dependent, mm. not people dependent. If it's people dependent and a person gets sick or gets hurt or dies, the business crashes. But if it's systems dependent and somebody gets sick or hurt or dies, you can find somebody to replace them because they the simply go into place. the system, right? right? Mm -hmm. We need to apply systems to our own relationships. Yeah. So we need to create some rules. So I've got five rules for distraction addiction and to make sure that you guys don't fall into this trap. And Tori and I have to apply these rules too. Mm -hmm, okay. For sure. Number one, and this is, this comes straight from Tori. It's kind of her shtick. It's her thing. She came up with it and she always asks it when we talk with couples. This, so, so number one, number one key is keep your vision out front. Mm. The question is, what do you really want? What do you want? Mm -hmm. What do you really want? So what do you really want with your spouse? Mm -hmm. Think about that. What we all really want is what we need. And it's what God wants to give us is deep, emotional, physical, and spiritual connection mm -hmm. with our spouse. 
right. is scrolling at this moment for 30, 45 minutes to an hour going to help you with that? Right. If the answer is no, then stop. Exactly. It's, and, and it doesn't mean that, you know, for me, my biggest pull is recipes. Like I'm just yeah. constantly looking. And then also a lot of relationship stuff, looking up relationship stuff can get me on a, a spiral. But more times than not, it's it's recipes. And so it's asking that question. So like, you know, if one of the kids come in, it's an immediate put the phone down. Like, yeah, that's a good one. This is, you know, they need me. They want to talk to me. You know, yeah. then the phone goes down because I know what I want. Yeah, that's good. So it is the scroll going to get you what you want? Right. So that's the first thing. Okay. So keep your vision out front. Number two, summon your phone. Don't let your phone summon you. Mm, that's good. This is what I teach to all these young boys. You know, my, my both my boys are younger and I, and I teach them. I'm like, guys, scrolling is a child's game. Mm-hmm. If you're scrolling as a young man, you're a boy. You're not a man. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I legit go at it. Mm-hmm. Like there's no reason a grown man needs to be scrolling through his phone unless there's something specific that you're looking for and you find it and you stop. Yeah. Right. But what I tell them is you summon your phone. Don't let your phone summon you, mm. which means you're in charge. And for you to be in charge, what you need to do is if you, if you, if, if there's nothing to do, let's say you're standing in a line at the grocery store, everything inside of you has that crave to reach into your pocket and just check your phone, even though you know there's really nothing going on that you need to check right now. If you feel the crave, purposely say no to it. You're in charge, not your phone. Okay? Why do you do that? Because that's how you break distraction addiction. Mm. It's like, no, I will check you when I want to. And my flesh wants to right now, but ultimately, that's not what my spirit wants. Mm. I will check you later, right? So I always tell people, turn off your alerts. You don't need your alerts. Yeah. Like, what do you need your alert for? There is a way on the iPhone where you can have, you know, important people. Mm-hmm. So for you, Tor, if you call me, I can get it. Mm-hmm. If it's somebody else, it's just, it's silent, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Obviously, if you got young kids and your, fo- your kid doesn't have a phone, mm-hmm. well, then maybe you don't want to do that because they might be using somebody else's phone to call you. <laughs> right. So there are, there are limits with this, but. Turn off as many alerts as you can. You don't need the ding. You don't need the buzz. You don't need the vibration. You don't need the little thing popping up unless it's your calendar. Right. The calendar is the thing that you always make sure that it's on there. But turn those things off because you want to summon your phone. You don't want your phone to summon you. If the phone is allowed to summon you, then your phone is the master. Right. Your phone is in charge. Yeah. Okay. So so keys one and two though, Tor, keep your vision out front and summon your phone. Don't let the phone summon you. Number three is a really good one because this is where it all kind of makes sense. Number three, key number three, schedule your tech fix. Okay. Everybody needs it. Okay. It's yeah. like, you know, the, the days of the smoke break, mm-hmm. you know, back in the 80s, 70s and 80s, you know, they're like, oh, smoke break. And everybody would go out and smoke mm-hmm. for 10 minutes. Well, it is true that you do need to have a time where, all right, hey, we've all been talking. Hold on. Everybody check, you know, like. This is when we're going to check our phones. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do that in business. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's it's you know that it's getting good now because people recognize that there is such a thing as called phone etiquette. Mm. So when you're talking with someone, or God forbid, you're at the table and somebody pull a phone out, like that is like the worst thing that you can do. Yeah. But when you're talking with somebody in a business context, the phones stay in the pocket. Yeah. You don't pull it out. You just don't do that. And 
at some point, we all stopped. I, mean, I just did this. I was in Salt Lake City. And then once every about 90 minutes, we'd all stop, grab our phones, and kind of do our little thing. Yeah. And then we'd turn our phones over right there on the table and get back to business. Yeah. So you do, there is something about scheduling the tech fix. Yeah, that's you good. Know? But you, you want to be proactive about them. And, and the thing is, as it relates to your marriage, just make sure that you guys do it at the same time. Yeah. You know, it's a good point. You know, I, I know that Tori loves looking at recipes on Instagram. And what's cool to me though, is I'll sit there and watch her doing a recipe while I'm like making myself like, like, you know, my, my famous eggs, oatmeal, um, apple and blueberries all mixed together. It takes me about 10 minutes to do. And I actually like doing it myself. And um, Tori might be sitting there scrolling through recipes, talking with me about it. And, you know, like that, there's nothing wrong with that. But that's yeah. kind of one thing that we do. I know that whenever I'm kind of busy doing that thing for Tori, she'll busy herself on that. But then once I sit down and start eating, I'm telling you, nine times out of 10, that phone gets turned over and we talk. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? So it's you, you, you need your tech fixes and you, yeah. you got to just make sure that you're on a schedule together. The last thing you want. Is every single time you sit down, uh-huh. it becomes the habit to grab the phone and scroll. Yeah. Or or one of you needs something or needs help or mm. needs to talk. And the other one is so busy scrolling. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just like, you're just lost. You know, it's it's not good. So that's key number three is schedule your tech fix. So, so you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, key number four, create a code word. You guys need a code word. If, if one or both of you struggle with the scroll and it's kind of become a thing. And I think most couples can honestly say that at some point in their relationship, one person has been a little more into their phone than the other. Mm-hmm. And it's happened on both sides and it's become somewhat of an issue Yeah, at that point. Well, then you guys need to create a, a code word. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's scrolling and they're scrolling a lot and the other person is either feeling left out or just notices that they're in the rabbit hole, Create the word, mm-hmm. say it, and laugh together. Yeah, exactly. like, oh crap! Say, okay, you're right. Humor is so important because it's just not taking it so seriously. I think a code word for us, we used to have, we used to joke about like if you were gonna, if you were like going down um, a path of saying things that were like stupid, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> My big mouth. Jason will just like get to talking, and I'm like in in, in like a social setting. I'm like, oh my gosh, where is he going with that? You know, like, <laughs> and so we joked. I don't even know how many. We probably didn't even do it that many times we kind of like had this funny, like if I said banana, banana, and then it just, but it becomes funny. Like, it's not like, it's not as serious as you know, it can be. Sometimes we take things way too seriously. Oh yeah. So if you could just add some humor, it's like, okay, banana. See, Tori doesn't know what it feels like to put her foot in her mouth, but I do. And it is, I know what it's like. I just, the frequency is a little different, but (laughs) I'm going to kill you. But for for Tori, you know, I, I might say something stupid or whatever, and, and I'm in front of a bunch of my buddies, and and I'm busting jokes, and she might walk over and just go banana. Mm-hmm. Like you're well, now we, we have more of a, a kind of a look because you know banana is kind of an odd thing to banana. Sh- <laughs> Where do we even come up with that? My mom used to do that with my brothers. She would say banana, and then she taught our kids. She's like, I'm, if, you're, if you're getting out of hand, I'm just going to say banana. And I'm like, banana. I need to use that with Jason. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So that's number four, create a code word. Okay. And number five, you need to replace your free time with something else. Now, when I say free time, I'm talking about your bored, 
your mm-hmm. board time. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at, remember the, the uh, habit mm-hmm. rule. Yeah. You know, that every habit has a QRR code. Q, routine, reward. Yes. Yeah. You know, Q, habit, reward. Right. It's the Q mm-hmm. that you have to find. What is it that cues me? So most people are cued when they're standing in line for anything. Mm-hmm. You're standing in line at the airport. You're standing in line at the grocery store. Whatever you're standing in line for, there's the cue. Mm. Instantly, I'm bored. I don't want to look at these people. What am I going to do? Yeah. I'm going to grab my phone. Yeah. Right. And then what's the reward? Well, you get a little bit of a dopamine hit, mm-hmm. right? Because you check in, you make sure you're on top of things. Maybe you do um, social media or whatever. You get a little bit of that dopamine hit. So what you need to do is replace the routine once you feel that cue. Mm-hmm. So here, here's one thing that I started doing. And I noticed the other day I'd gone. So I'm an older guy, man. I'm 47, right? So if you're over your 40s, you've got a Facebook account. All these young kids, they don't have Facebook yeah. account. So on Facebook, I do have, you know, p- people that'll reach out to me or whatever, or I'm a part of a specific group and I want to go in and participate in that group conversation or whatever. But I did find myself doing this more than I should. And I noticed the other day, it's been like two weeks mm-hmm. since I've even opened social media. And what I realized was, is that with my boredom, I started going to Blinkist Blinkist is a really cool audio book solution where they give you the, you know, every book, 20% of the book gives you 80% of the meat. Yeah. And they cover 20% of the book and they do it in, you know, eight to 14 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then you listen to it on one and a half speed. So you can get through the the 20%, you know, the 80% meat of a book um, just by listening to six to eight minutes. Yeah. And so what I started doing was going to Blinkist instead. Or instead of hitting Instagram, you go to a podcast. And so now I find an or audible. Mm. So I so I opened up. Honestly, guys, you'll you'll like this story, and I've been doing this. Um, we started listening to the Chronicles of Narnia on mm-hmm. Audible. And it's so cool. So good. Mm-hmm. It is. But now instead of popping open social media, I'll pop open one of those and click it. And next thing you know, like I'm actually listening and getting better at something. Mm. And then the more you go away from not scrolling and not looking at all that stuff, the less you want to do it. Yeah. And then you're completely done with it. Now, I'm not saying that you have to fully get off social media, but in terms of relational connecting. Yeah, if it's getting out of hand and you've recognized this this pattern and this habit, then change the habit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's it. That's the five keys. Keep your vision out front. I know for me, one of the, before you say those five, one of the things um, that I noticed is that I was uncomfortable with quiet. I was uncomfortable sometimes with not feeling productive. So if I sat down because, you know, you know, I just was tired and I'd like grab a cup of tea and sit down, I felt this need to find the new recipe so that I had something fun for dinner this week or, you know, something that would make me feel productive, but Mm. that really wasn't productive because sometimes I'd get on social media going to look for a recipe, but then I see... Yeah. Other things that distract me from recipes. And now I'm looking at stupid stuff that is not productive, but somehow or other I'm on that couch scrolling because I'm yeah. looking to be productive. It's just so counterproductive. Yeah. Like that's so oh, you finish your thought. So anyways, for me, I had to be really, I have to be, didn't, this isn't in the past. This is in currently, yeah. I'm trying to be okay with just sitting down with my cup of tea 
and being quiet yeah. and just being like in pr- being prayerful mm-hmm. and just kind of thinking about my day and thinking about what I need to do instead of just grabbing my phone. Like there's, um, I think there's really something to just sitting in the quiet and being okay with that. Yeah, that's good. Well, you know, it, can you imagine walking into someone's house and it's a very successful, you know, couple maybe that owns their own business and the the husband is sitting in the middle of the floor playing with He-Man figures and you go <laughs> into the kitchen and the woman is sitting at the table and she's playing with Barbie dolls. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the word picture. That's for, essentially yeah. what I'm saying yeah. with this scrolling culture. Yeah. It's no different. Mm. It is no different. It is a child's game and it's going to rip us apart if we don't get control of it. So five keys, keep your vision out front. You Number two, you summon your phone. Don't let your phone summon you. Mm. You're in charge. Number three, schedule your tech fix. So we all do need to scroll if we need to, mm-hmm. you know, we need to check our phones, whatever, schedule it and make sure that, that you're, you know, you staying on top of that and keep them, you know, where you're doing it together. Number four, use a code word. If it gets out of hand, say that code word. And number five, replace your board time or your free time with something else. Mm. Like download Blinkist, download, you know, some podcasts mm-hmm. or audible or whatever, and then when you're bored, just pop that open for six, eight minutes and mm-hmm. and you'll get your fix. And then it'll be hard for the first 30 days, but trust me, stick with that. And then you'll realize, man, I am learning so much rather than just sitting there becoming dumber mm-hmm. by scrolling. Now, the only thing that's worth a scroll is Sebastian Maniscalco, <laughs> <laughs> the, the Italian comedian. Don't, don't even, you're tempting them. I know, I shouldn't do that. He's <laughs> hilarious. He's got four things on Netflix. If you watch it on VidAngel, it's great because his occasional cuss word will get bleeped out. But he's our favorite uh, comedian lately. Yeah, but don't watch it on the phone. Go sit down and watch it on TV with Together your spouse. Yeah. And laugh. He will definitely make you laugh. Do you have a recipe or anything? Um, okay, so I'll tell you one of the things that we're gonna. I'm going to make. I was going to make it tonight, but change of plans. Change of plans. I'm going to do it tomorrow night. Um so our all of our kids are home right now, right? So the chaos is back. We've got our oh, four yeah. kiddos back and so lots of chaos. A lot of opinions on on food and which is fun because we are, we've got like two adult basically two adult kids now and so Allie came to me and was like she's going to be moving out next year and she's going to have her own apartment. She's going to have her own kitchen for the first time and she's like yeah. really excited about learning to cook and to to have some recipes under her belt. Yeah. So she's like, I definitely want to cook with you more this summer, which I'm like, I've been, you know, I'm always asking the girls to cook with me. And I feel like for the last, however many years, it's kind of been like a forced thing yeah. and they're not really into it, but they humor me and sometimes help. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she's like, we're, I definitely want, I want to walk away from this summer with some recipes that I can do myself. So anyways, we, Allie and I, we're going to start super simple, super simple. Cause I want the girls to feel like cooking is fun. And it, cause to me, cooking is fun Yeah, and simple and like simple. I don't want to overwhelm them. I want them to feel like you can gather people around the table and it not be completely overwhelming. Yeah. Like, like the, the, um, what's the, the cook on Ratatouille? Remember the chef? <laughs> Everyone, Chef Gustav. Yes. Everyone can cook. Everyone can cook. Yeah. That is such a good movie. I love that movie, actually. But anyway, so we are going to make 
sourdough French toast. Oh, my so simple. Gosh. You know, teaching Allie, how, I really will hope that she will make sourdough because there's just so many options and the bread yeah. is just incredible and it's yeah healthy and it's you know so and it's just something that you can make so many things from. So right. we are going to just super simple eggs, cream, cinnamon, vanilla. I'm going to use this new uh, vanilla that my good friend Christina gave me from Mexico. Oh. She brought it back from Mexico. I don't I know if her know dad cream in it. No, vanilla. But you said cream too. In the yeah, in the in the French toast recipe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Nice. Super simple. That's all it is. Vanilla, cinnamon. Oh, and a little maple syrup, eggs, and cream. And then we're gonna make some amazing French toast. It's I've gonna had be this delicious. Before. It is. It's so. Oh, it's star. so good. Um, sourdough French toast. There's nothing like it. But see, the key is getting grass-fed butter, putting yeah. it in your skillet. And putting more butter than what you think that you need so that when you bite into that French yes. toast, it kind the of, secret the, the butter kind of goes right down butter. your chin. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want. And we do have some really good maple syrup. Who's our friends who give a, who gave us that amazing maple syrup? Oh, it's our boys from Canada. Oh my gosh. It's the best. We need to like tell, tell yeah, people I said what Canada, that's called. I meant Alaska. Alaska? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll figure out. You need out. to get that name for people. Because Oh my gosh. It's so good. So yeah, simple. Simple is our summer cooking motto. I like it. It's going to be good. Can't wait. In the meantime, you guys, thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, stop the scroll, sucker. (laughs) (laughs) See you guys. See you next week.